Welcome to the Beacon Broadcast from Beacon Baptist Church in Burlington, North Carolina, featuring expositional Bible teaching by Pastor Greg Barkman. If you'd like to correspond with the Beacon Broadcast, or if you wish to support this radio ministry, write to The Beacon Broadcast, Post Office Box 159, Alamance, North Carolina, 27201, or find us on the web at beaconbaptist.com beaconbaptist.com The Beacon Broadcast is supported in part by the gifts of faithful listeners. Now with today's message from God's Word, here is Greg Barkman. Well, for the last several days in the Beacon Broadcast, we have been dealing with the account in Mark chapter 14 of the anointing of Christ's head in preparation for his death and burial, an act of loving devotion that was done by Mary in the house of Simon the leper, with Christ and his twelve apostles present, plus Simon and Mary and Martha and Lazarus and probably others from that small village of Bethany as well. And what we learn from this passage is that Christ is pleased when we do what we are able to do to honor him. The apostles, as you remember, were not very happy with what Mary did. They were critical. But Jesus was highly pleased. Mary did not go out and preach the gospel like the apostles did. She was not commissioned to do that. She was not qualified to do that. She was not permitted to do that. But she did what she could. She did what God had enabled her to do, what the resources that God had provided for her enabled her to do, in an act of loving devotion that highly honored the Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of all who were present at that time, however many they were, and demonstrated her faith in Christ. She believed what Jesus said about his coming death. She had clearer faith, and I would say better faith, a stronger faith, than the apostles themselves, who seemed to be unable to grasp the meaning of Christ's words when he said, I'm going to have to die. I'm going to Jerusalem to die. I'm going to be put to death by both the Jews and Gentiles who will combine against me and bring about my death. I'm going to Jerusalem in order to lay down my life. And the the apostles, apostles now we're talking about, the future leaders of the church, the future leaders of the Christian movement, the future preachers of the gospel, the apostles had difficulty believing Jesus, but Mary believed him. I wonder if that could be because Mary really listened to Jesus. We all know the account of Mary and Martha when Jesus was teaching in the house and Martha was fixing a meal and she was perturbed because she was left alone to fix it. Maybe we don't know if there were any servants to help or not. But anyway, among the family members, Martha was left alone to do it. Mary was in there listening to Jesus teach. And Martha said, Lord, tell Mary to come and help me with this meal. And Jesus said, 
Mary has chosen the better part. Mary has chosen that which has greater significance. Mary has demonstrated her greater interest in things spiritual than things material or physical. Mary has shown herself to be more consumed with the word of truth than with the act of serving, as important as that is. And we know that serving Christ and serving others is a very important part of our, of our discipleship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But when it comes to one or the other, the Word of God comes first, and Mary had demonstrated that. And so Mary is the one who demonstrates greater faith. Evidently, she had been listening with greater reception to what Jesus taught than had his very own disciples. Imagine that. Well, thank you for joining us on this Thursday, January 4. And thank you for remembering that we are dependent upon the gifts of God's people to maintain this teaching ministry on this station, and as God provides the funds, we will move on to other stations. We get invitations to do that quite regularly. Not too long ago, I had a station manager from another state in a large city call me and say, is, is it possible that you could put your broadcast on our station? We will give you an incredible rate if you will do that, and it was incredible. But still, we can't do it no matter how good the rate is unless the funds are there. And so we do depend upon God's people. And we believe that God prompts the people that he wants to support the broadcast. And we will utilize the funds which God supplies. And we will, we will consider the funds which God supplies an indication of what he wants us to do. If he wants us on more stations, he'll supply more funds. If he wants us to drop some stations, and we have had to do that a couple or three times along the way, and if that becomes necessary because of, of a shortage of finances, we will do that as well. So thank you for your consideration. Well, let's go back over this account and then wrap it up with some lessons, some applications. The account opens. I'm not going to read it again, but I'm just going to summarize it. The account opens with... The Passover feast taking place in Jerusalem and the religious Jewish leaders plotting to put Christ to death, but holding off on their plans because of their fear of the people. Amazing how these people could be so bold in their hatred toward Christ and their determination to do what was clearly wrong, clearly sinful, clearly illegal clearly unjust, clearly contrary to the law of Moses and the word of God, which they purported to believe and teach others, but they didn't mind disregarding it when it suited their purposes, how bold they could be in all of that and how cowardly they could be in the face of the, the sentiment of the people around them. Amazing, isn't it? But the folly of unbelief is seen in verses 1 and 2. The sacrifice of devotion comes up in verse 3, and that's the account, the center part of the account, where Mary takes this flask, this beautiful gypsum bottle, the bottle itself an expensive container, but the contents even more expensive. We are told it was the pure nard. She came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. 
And we learn a couple of verses later that the value of it was in excess of 300 denarii, which means it was worth more than an annual salary for a common laboring man or a Roman foot soldier. What would that be? We suggested it would have to be something north of, in our economy today, something north of $15,000 and maybe up to $30,000 was the cost of this perfume, which Mary took, broke the flask, destroying that, poured out the entire contents, the whole bottled worth, however many ounces were in the bottle, we do not know, and poured it all out over Jesus to demonstrate her loving devotion to him and her utter commitment to him, which act was highly criticized by the apostles. This was wasted. You shouldn't have done that. You should have given it, sold the, sold the contents, and given it to the poor. But Jesus commended her, and he said, she has done what she could. Let her alone. Why do you trouble her? For she has done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do them good, but me you do not always have. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. And indeed, it is, because here we are talking about it 2,000 years later. Wherever the gospel goes, the Bible goes. And wherever the Bible goes, this account goes, because it's found in three of the four gospels. So, yes, what this woman did is going to be remembered and told wherever the gospel goes. Now, what do we learn? Well, the first thing we learn about is the irrationality of unbelief. Going back to those religious leaders in the first two verses, how blind they are, how sinful they are, how, I, can I use the word insane they were? determined to continue to ignore evidence that they didn't want to believe, evidence that Christ was Son of God, he was a divine messenger, his miracles proved that, his teaching proved that, but they persisted in their unprovoked hostility toward Christ and determination to destroy him. It really is an irrational position, but folks, sin leads people to all kinds of irrational positions, all kinds of irrational decisions. Maybe I'm talking to somebody now who is living in utter irrationality because of your refusal to believe the Word of God and to embrace Jesus Christ for your soul salvation. The irrationality of unbelief is taught in this lesson, but we also see the danger of, what shall we call it, half-hearted faith? The carnal indignation of the apostles. It sounded so good to denounce this woman and say something that sounded so pious, so good, while you could have sold this stuff and given the money to the poor. Who could find fault with that? Jesus did. It sounds good, but it was hypocritical. It was hypercritical. It was ungodly. It was unspiritual. It was dishonoring to Christ. But the greatest lesson that flows out of this is this manifestation of wholehearted faith on the part of Mary, her sacrificial devotion to Christ, her giving 
of herself, first of all, and then of her resources, and then of her time. She was one who served the Lord, and as Jesus said, she did what she could. How about you? Are you doing what you can for Christ? You say, well, I can't preach. Are you doing what you can? I'm not wealthy. I can't give a lot. Mary evidently was wealthy, and she gave a lot. I'm not wealthy. I can't give a lot. Are you doing what you can? Well, I'm, uh, I'm just a common, ordinary person, man or woman. I'm, I'm, I can't provide leadership for the church and, and for the cause of Christ. Are you doing what you can do? Christ doesn't hold you to do what you are not able to do and what he hasn't provided for you to do and what he hasn't gifted you to do and, and has not qualified you to do, but he does look for you to do what you can do. Are you doing that? Will you do that in this new year of 2024? Wholehearted faith, faith is seen as a sacrificial devotion to Christ. Wholehearted faith is seen in spiritual hunger for God's word, our necessary food. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Wholehearted faith is seen in practical deeds of involvement. Do what you can. Don't talk about what you can't do. Who cares? <laughs> Christ doesn't care what you can't do. He cares what you can do. Stop deceiving yourself. Stop justifying your unwillingness to do what you can do while you talk about what you cannot do. Wholehearted faith will do what it can do. Wholehearted faith will produce unexpected fruitfulness. Surprise, surprise. What Mary did turned out to be a big deal. What Mary did is, is now reported every place the gospel goes. This act of loving devotion. What an example it is to others. What a rebuke it is to others. What a testimony of true wholehearted faith. May that be ours as well. Until tomorrow, Greg Barkman saying good day. May God give you his eternal peace.